Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, you're listening to Bears Nation Podcast. I'm Josh. We have Chris and Jake here today, and we're going to talk about our Week 8 win. We are back in the win column, and we are back at the top of the, the ladder, the NFC North ladder. Um, Chris, I will let you wish your your um, people uh, – I'll, I'll let you grant them a – I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, <laughs> you said on Twitter, uh, good morning, peasants, again, opening yourself up to – to, to heartbreak later. I'm just kidding. Maybe maybe we'll stay up top. But um, Chris, I I appreciate your up and down. But uh, do you want to talk about how it feels? How it feels to be up at top again? Yeah. Um, you know, seeing all three uh, division teams lose, um, and then having the Bears win. I mean, that's you can't really ask for much more. Um, and it was funny because Packers fans were mocking us for a week um, about us being in last, but back in first and um you know we have the bragging rights again for now hey i don't i will brag as long as we're up there because we've spent so much time down at the bottom i don't i'm not even ashamed yep. to, to be excited so exactly uh, but being at top being on top means we have a target on us and uh, we have to make sure that we stay top notch or um even against the good teams not not to say that uh, every nfl team is an nfl team but there are teams that are definitely better than others and so let's go ahead and talk about this jets game um the way i, I, I was explaining earlier with the guys was to me it this seemed like a warm-up bout like um or just like a a scrimmage these these next two weeks or this week and next week uh we're like uh scrimmages against uh that they're easy wins is what I'm saying. It's not that they're easy wins, but they're easier than uh, than a uh, uh, division game, or easier than playing the Rams, or easier than playing the Patriots. So uh, if we can't if we can't get these next two weeks, I, I would say that we're not a playoff team. But if we not next two weeks, uh, since we got this week and then going to play the Bills, if we can't beat the Bills, I, I just I would debate on whether or not we are a playoff team. But at the same time, Minnesota Vikings lost to the Bills. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and everybody still says the Vikings are a playoff team. But let's go ahead. I'm, I'm rambling now. Let's go ahead and get into the offense. Jordan Howard is the man. He, uh, when, as we saw on Twitter, actually, you know what, Jake, I'll let you talk about Jordan Howard a little bit. Go ahead. Before I ramble yeah. for the rest of the day. No, sure. Uh, Howard had a good game. Uh, he had 80 yards and a touchdown. And really, 
uh, in that second half, really that fourth quarter, he kind of put it away. He was having just a so-so game uh, until the fourth quarter. I think he had like 20 yards at halftime, something like that. And then uh, it got his final 60 yards and that touchdown in the second half. And, you know, it's good to see him involved. Uh, it, it's good to see him being a part of the offense, especially late in games, trying to close it out. And, I mean, he really showed why you – and I, we said this – either last week or the week before, but he showed why you can't really entertain uh, just trading him away because he does bring you a really valuable, a really valuable skill set. And he's, he's still incredibly important to this team. So when you talk about trading him, you talk about getting rid of one of the key components of your offense. So happy to see him, uh, 22 carries compared to Cohen's five, uh, so Jordan Howard kind of getting the bulk of the work, uh, kind of showing what Nagy was saying a couple weeks ago about how it's kind of a game-to-game situation, uh, and the, the, you know the game calls for who's going to be used when. Uh, yeah, there was a tweet going around. I think Eric Lambert said it. Um, in the games where Jordan Howard has gone twenty plus carries or more, the Bears are nine and two, um, and that's a pretty prolific stat. And definitely something that uh, Nagy should take into account. But uh, seeing this gameplay of Jordan Howard not starting running the ball and finishing the games is it just confirms what Nagy wants to do. Like he's done that the past three games, and this one it just finally worked because um, I, well, there's no because it just finally worked, and that's that's nice to finally see. Okay, this is what Nagy wants to do. Um, it just hasn't worked out in the past because of the type of offenses that we've been playing against and how successful the offenses that we've been playing against have been um, kind of pulled away from the game plan that I feel like Nagy wants to do. Like Nagy wants to start off hot, which we didn't do, um, and then finish with the thunder, basically. But, Chris, uh, let's go ahead and talk about your guy, Kevin White. How would you say he did? Uh, yeah, you know, he was way more involved this week. Um, I think he had like three or four targets. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see him getting involved. I mean, I, I, like I said last week, I still think he's extremely talented. Um, so, you know, it. I really think he's, he can be an important uh, asset to this team. Um, so, you know, I, I really hope this continues for him. Even um, all of us, all the team together, looked a lot better this year. I mean, not year, this, this game, um, maybe not in the first half, but the second half, just, it just started to click. It just, uh, Tony, Tony Romo actually mentioned this during the game. Like the jets look like a mess and the bears look like, I mean, there's guys open all over the field and whether Mitch saw it or not, but there was constantly at least somebody open, um, everybody just looks the part and it's just really neat to see that um talking about a guy that's always open um jake do you want to talk about anthony miller a little bit sure um mitch is clearly building a connection with miller they clearly have some kind of rapport that they trust each other uh they have some kind of chemistry they feel and it's working i mean miller uh had three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown on seven targets and you know, it it didn't start great. Uh, Mitch was 0 for three at first targeting 
uh, Miller, but then they made this connection. Obviously, that culminated with a great throw and catch for a touchdown uh, late in the game. So, I mean, it's really cool to see Trubisky start to develop this chemistry with a guy and see that he likes to throw to a certain guy. And I mean, that's just the signs of a developing quarterback. He's found his target. He's found his guy he likes to go to. And it just happens to be Anthony Miller, who was drafted in the second round and could potentially be a really huge part of this offense going forward. Anthony Miller had seven targets, didn't he? Yes. To me, me, that's just another sign that Mitch, I mean, not only does Mitch really like Anthony Miller, but Anthony Miller's open. Like he wouldn't be throwing it to him if he's not open. And I, I, when that, when that connection solidifies, I just think once they get uh, telekinesis in their, in their brains and they're, they're, they're connected. (laughs) I just think it's going to be an awesome. um, Well, some people had complaints about Trubisky's accuracy again, this game. And granted there were some issues. It was, he was 16 for 29, but one thing that I noticed, and I wrote this down on my phone so I wouldn't forget it, uh, most of his misses were like longer overthrows rather than the underthrows that we were seeing earlier, like even as soon as a week ago. And so, I mean, that's just showing a guy who's making adjustments. So now he's overthrowing and at least giving his receivers a chance rather than underthrowing it and risking an interception. So, yeah, I mean, some of them are still misses, but eventually those are going to start dropping right into the receiver's hands. And growth. I think growth is the biggest thing that we could take take away from Mitch Trubisky in the last eight weeks is just we've consistently each week seen something different from Mitch. And like we're I'm blown away, whether it be rushing. What was do you guys remember the prediction that um, Bobby Massey had for him rushing? Was it 700 yards? Uh, it might have been 800. I think 800 it was, yards. I think it might have been 750. Somewhere. Uh, do, you, do you guys know what he's at right now? I'm looking at it right now. He well, had... the point I'm making. So, like, let's you, you keep keep looking that up. But I mean, he's at he's at 296 right now. <clears throat> halfway through the season. Eight. So that's that's so, that puts him, well looks, through seven games because of the bye. So 296 through seven, and really he's just started running a lot the last two three weeks. And I was I was I doubted it, and to see the way that he's been running the past three weeks, like I, he may be able to he may be able to hit that number, which is nuts. Um, well, in 12 games last year, he had 41 attempts and had 248 yards. This year he's got. Seven games, 37 attempts, and 296 yards. So 50 more yards, four less attempts, uh, averaging eight yards a carry this year as opposed to six last year. And as and many touchdowns this year as last year. While, while he's young, I'm totally for it. Like, go ahead and run, man. Um, while he's young and spry and able to to do that. It's kind of like a Russell Wilson. Like, he was able to do it without getting injured. It's, as long as Mitch is smart about it, I think it's, it's definitely something – that he can use as part of the game. Um, just be smart. Um, no injuries. And let's, since we have injury on the on the tips of our tongues, let's talk about uh, Kyle Long. So uh, Kyle Long is definitely the the core value of a bear. Um, he's he, he's one of the 
he was before Pace, um, but Pace kept him on, which is saying something because Case is, I mean, Pace has pretty much flipped this entire team. But, but uh, um, he's been one of the ones that's stayed on board, and it, it, it hurts to see that. But, Chris, do you want to talk about how long and how this affects the offense and who, who, who will replace him, if you know, and uh, maybe talk about the injury a little bit and if there's any rumors and stuff going on. Yeah, um, you know, seeing him get carted off, is that's never a good sign. Um, you know, as far as who replaces him, um, you know, I was talking about it with some buddies on Sunday. Um, you know, it could be Eric Cush maybe, and then James Daniels plays uh, left guard. Um, that's the only thing I can think of at the moment. But, yeah, um, like you said, he's, he's the leader of this offense. Um, I feel like he holds everything in place. Uh, when when we're not playing well, I feel like, you know, he's the guy that everyone looks looks uh, looks for to pick him back up. Um, so yeah, this is a really big loss, um, uh, and I haven't heard for how long he's uh, how long he's gonna miss. But you know, uh, I also read that he was in crutches after the game, so um, not looking too good right now. It's this is gonna be a big loss. Yeah, Jake, do you have any insight on it? Um. Yeah, all that I know is, I mean, I noticed that when he was on the ground, he was saying it popped, it popped. So, I mean, that's obviously uh, not good. I mean, that could be anything from an Achilles to something in his foot. So, I mean, it it seems like it's a long-term injury, at least right now. Uh, And that's what I'm operating under the assumption that it's going to be, unfortunately. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks. Like Chris said, he's the leader of this offense. He's been kind of the glue guy. Uh, it sucks to see him go through this, especially since he had such a uh, tumultuous offseason in which he had a bunch of surgeries and he, he had a long rehab process, and now he just gets this really unlucky injury. So, yeah, I mean, you really hate to see things like this happen. Um, so I watched the I watched a, the press interview today uh, with Nagy, and he, he, he did mention Brian Witzman, um, which is – he, he was the recently signed guard from Kansas City. I think he spent Nagy yeah. spent some time with him in Kansas City. Um, so there there is a little bit of depth, and uh, Nagy commended Pace for being being aware of depth and keeping guys on the team. So Nagy mentioned, or one of the one of the people in the interview room mentioned, like, "Hey, is there anybody that you guys are focusing in the trade deadline?" and it was like we really don't have any holes right now. I know we talked about in the past that we have maybe a cornerback hole, but he's right. Like I can't think of. We just need to get it all together. But I can't think of one weak spot on our team other than our line and cornerbacks. But even then, like 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 I just said, is it really a weakness? Like, um, but anyways, that was just cool to hear Nagy say that. And I know I know coaches. Are overly positive in certain areas, to, so that way they make their teammates feel better about themselves too. They don't, they don't be. Like, yeah, our corner sucks, so yeah, we need, we need to fill that spot. Um, well, I mean, he is correct. I mean, there isn't many holes, and really, even it, because I mean, who, who are you gonna go get right now? I mean, yeah, Patrick Peterson's allegedly available, but who really knows at this point? And you don't need a star cornerback. Um, especially with the way that Callahan's been playing. So, I mean, um, guys that you would go out and trade for aren't that much better than 
guys that you can just get off the street or off the practice squad. <clears throat> uh, speaking speaking of Callahan, let's move on to the defense. Um, Chris, I'll give you the honor of talking about Callahan because he is the guy that you put at the top of your uh, cornerback list on our team. So go ahead and mention his gameplay last week and uh, if, you, if anything stuck out. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing that really sticks out to me about Kelhan is uh, I feel like he's a really high IQ player. Um, you know, he, he always knows where to be. Um, and, you know, when he's trying to make a tackle, he always he almost never misses a tackle. I don't remember the last time he did. Um, and, you know, when, when he's uh, when he's on someone um, and a ball gets thrown to him, you know, there's a good chance he's not going to catch that ball because Kelhan will be all over it. Um, and that's just something I love about him. I feel like he plays with heart. Um, and he just gives it his all, you know, every game. I mean, he's a, he's a small, smaller cornerback, so he has to, you know, <laughs> if he, if he lets it slide just a little bit, they have the advantage. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of plays. Um, there were a couple of plays yesterday that were just nuts. Like he just reached his arm out and like you said, just constantly just, knocking balls out of people's hands and it's 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 fun to watch and even that sack he had a sack uh yesterday and he's just an all-around great great player so it's cool to watch uh jake anything stick out to you in the defense that you wanted to talk about uh i really was impressed with how the team played without cleo mack out there and i was all for sitting mac and i'm all for sitting him next week too let him get healthy there's no need to play him against uh lesser opponents teams you should be able to handle regardless so i was really impressed with that it seemed like they were a lot better this week at getting pressure out uh i think leonard floyd showed a lot more energy this week i thought he was around the ball more uh Kellen had a sack so that was really awesome uh and then one play that i want to pick out specifically is the Jets' longest play of the day, which was that 29-yard pass, uh, that jump ball. And, I mean, Fuller played that well. I think he just jumped a quarter, a fraction of a second too early. I think he just barely mistimed it, and if he times it right, he's got an interception. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that was all, those were my notes. Yeah, um, defense played great. Um, I did want to mention yesterday – this guy that we've all kind of talked about, uh, Fitzpatrick, um, was sat halfway through the Buccaneers game um, when we played them three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, actually. Anyways, when we played him, he was sat halfway through the game. People were like, oh, he's just not that good. But I do want to say that he came out like after Jameis Winston got sat and halfway through the game as well, he came back and like scored three touchdowns or something dumb. I don't know what he did, but I know he came out and he played really well. So that's just a testament of how good our defense can be. Like we shut down Fitz, Fitzpatrick, who has had a pretty good season, I would say so far, uh, when he's been in the game. Um, and so just just another testament of our of our defense. Um, it just needs to stop being Jekyll and Hyde. Like we need to see consistency. And so this week, another warm-up bout. Like I said earlier, I think this is a, a good, a good, a good time for our defense to say, "Hey, Khalil Mack is an added gem to our defense, but he is not our defense." And I know we talked about it last week, and, and we were kind of depressed about the whole thing. 
about losing two weeks in a row. And I know he said that this is what our defense looks like without Khalil Mack on the field, but then they do something like this this week. And I know it was against a lesser offense, um, considering they they didn't have wide res- they don't have depth in wide receiver at all. Like everybody's hurt. Roby Anderson, um, Quincy Anunua, um, even even Kirsch was down for a little bit on the field. Like so, I'm sure he was hurt playing hurt as well. So they really didn't have wide receivers to play against. But um, I think they still held up, held their own, considering, like you said, Khalil Mack's not on the field. And any NFL team is a tough team to go against. I mean, the Bills next week, them of all people have beaten the Minnesota Vikings. So, like, no, nobody's a joke. So I guess we can segue into uh, the Bills game this Sunday. Where Where are you guys at with this? Uh, Actually, I expect to win. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was going to say. Where are you guys at with the win-loss column? So go ahead, Jake. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. I just I expect to win. The Bills are not very good. Uh, and, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. Uh, they're going to either be put starting Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson, uh, both who are, are not very good at all. The defense should eat them alive, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. I mean, uh, and anything less than a win is going to be really disappointing. So, um, they better get this done because, uh, we have a lot of tough games coming up. So, uh, we gotta, we gotta win the games that we're supposed to. Uh, Bill's played a tough game against the Patriots tonight, but, uh, it has quickly turned around fourth quarter. 13 points scored in the fourth fourth quarter. It is now 25 to six. Um, so it looks like the Bills have a hard time finishing. I think they. I think there's a pick six. Pick six in here. Let me check really fast. Wait. So you mean to tell me that Derek Anderson isn't better than Tom Brady? That is yeah. shocking news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting next week. Like the Patriots defense is not good, but they're holding to the Buffalo Bills to six points so i'm not worried about our defense next week but this is a tough tough defense to go against and i mean they have they have players um they they even have a guy that was it you chris that liked tremaine edmonds or you didn't i can't remember no no, i actually did not like him at all okay that's right i couldn't i couldn't remember if you loved him or if you hated him i just knew it was one or the other uh but yeah Anyways, um, their defense is, is pretty good, and they held the New England Patriots to to a little bit, uh, held them for a little bit tonight, uh, just wasn't able to finish it. But yeah, so Patriots did have a pick six tonight, Devin McCourty, and if they're, if the Patriots defense can hold the Buffalo Bills, I'm not worried about the game. I'm going to call it a win as well. Um, you guys have anything else? Like. I guess I guess we could go more in depth of next week's game, uh, but I, honestly, I don't really have much to say about it just because they're. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but they're just a crappy team. I, like I'm just not I'm not scared of them at all, which is terrifying because then it, it, we're just it's a trap game. But kind of like like the Dolphins. I mean, I, I had a little bit of fear of the Dolphins. Like I've got zero fear of the Bills. Like. Yeah. I think I think it's like a guarantee. <laughs> no way, to, no game is a guaranteed win, but this this just feels like okay. 
I mean, kind of swinging back to offense a little bit, Tariq Cohen is just, again, I know we mention him every week, but Tariq Cohen has been playing top-notch football. Um, like, even even just, like, they, they threw him up the middle a couple times. And I, it just blows me away. I, I don't know if you guys – you guys probably didn't know this because all you've seen is uh, my head and, <laughs> and profile pictures, but I'm 5'6". And so to see – to see Tariq Cohen, who's also five six, do all these things against these monster people. Like these guys are like, some of them are like six five, um, like humongous human beings, six five, three hundred pounds. And he, at, at one point, he ran up the middle. Even, or he even blocked a defensive lineman. Did you guys see that? Yeah. 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 He, he picked up a blitz. Yeah, that was a, that was amazing. But he's five six. He got like I'm just I'm just really impressed with him. Like I, I like I said, I'm five six. I just couldn't imagine blocking someone who's six five, two fifty, two seventy. You know, like just I don't know. The guy he he's putting everything he's got into the game, which is scary because I mean that that can only last for so long with his size, and that's just that's just life <laughs> father time comes for everybody unless you're named tom brady but especially run the running back position but oh there is one note i wanted to put for offense uh or for the defense because obviously against osweiler and brady you know kind of a lot of those under those short under throws ended up going for you know six six seven yards and uh there were a lot of third and long plays that the Bears were able to force. There were 11 plays that were third and six plus yards. So, I mean, they were doing really well at making adjustments to what teams were game planning for and being able to stop them and get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that that's huge because that's, that's the, that's the part of the game that's been killing us. Like those short underneath throws, um, and I think that's where Bryce Callahan, Callahan excelled this 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 week, is just knocking down those short passes. And we didn't have the interceptions we normally do, but I would take pat, batted down balls over catches over uh, interceptions any days, like as long as as long as they don't catch it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they had five pass breakups. Uh, I, th- I believe Callahan had three of them on his own, and then. Uh, Jackson had one, and I think Amos had the other. No, no, no. Trevathan, Trevathan had it. I remember. Was well, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, great, great overall defense. Um, like you said, Khalil Mack is definitely. I just want Khalil Mack to be in addition to an already great defense, and I want that to be our storyline. Not we're nothing without Khalil Mack, and I, I think they proved that they could be this week even if it is an underwhelming offense to go against i think they proved that hey we can we can do this you know so yeah i actually think it was a good thing because maybe they were starting to lean on khalil mack a little bit too much and now it's kind of like all right they knew they wouldn't have him so all right let's go out there and do our thing like we know we're a top 10 defense without him like haven't been playing like it so now we got to get back to that and i feel like they did for sure yeah, and I'm Chris, Chris, you said it last week. If they couldn't win without, if they couldn't beat the Jets without Khalil Mack, then they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Like, and that's just, that's just the truth. And totally, totally agreed with. That. All right, you've been listening to Bears Nation podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening. Whatever um, outlet you're listening to, whether it be Anchor, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, we've got it, Overcast, we've got it all. Uh, Subscribe, like, applause. (laughs) There's so many different ways to listen to it. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Bears Nation Chai. Um, And if you're on Facebook, you can find us. We're everywhere. Uh, We're associated with Wegern Enterprises, which has Chicago, New York, L.A., Dallas, Philly. We're we're everywhere. So just check us out. Um, But until then, until next week, I'm Josh. Jake. And Chris. And bear down. Bear down.